church don't it amen amen you love the lord with all your hearts amen so good to see you and uh, i'm so honored to be here with you and uh, we love you with all of our hearts and uh, i bring you greetings from home and i'll just tell you already this week my heart is bubbled over brother wayne what a masterpiece and last night brother doug and our hearts is just overjoyed already. Brother Donnie that's coming. Amen. We're just so looking forward to that. I'd like to thank Brother Tim and his church and for having me. And, and uh, we certainly love him. And you know our love for him and his church and, and the bride around the world. But we love the Lord Jesus with all of our hearts. He is the great one that is among us tonight. And I trust that you have come to see him. Why, we'd be really disappointed if we, we come and saw a man. We, why, we'd be real disappointed. Uh, no man is your savior. No man is your healer. Uh, no man is your deliverer. But there's one that's already been felt in this building already. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. And he's your way maker this afternoon. Amen. God bless you. Maybe you have a need on your heart tonight that you just say, Lord Jesus, I need an I am God tonight. A God that is ever present that would know exactly where I'm at. Hallelujah. Almighty God, we bow our heads now to the dust which we came. What a privilege it is to call you our Lord. And to know that you hear and answer our prayers. That you're a living God, not an imaginary God or some thought or some myth or just some theology. But God, you're a living God that's even here right now. And not just in this building, but around the world, Father. And Lord, I, I have a great need myself, Father, is that you would help us to get ourselves out of the way. Now, Lord... Not just, not just the speaker, Father, but also the hearer. If we could just set the things of time aside for just a little while, that you would come and speak to us. 
Lord, you see our hands as they went up and our hearts and our requests. Father, we ask you now that you would, Lord, send forth your word and minister to us, Father. We believe it with all of our hearts. Bless this audience tonight, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to be in his house, isn't it? Amen. If you will turn with me to Psalms chapter 23. You just don't know what it meant to me to hear my scriptures being read. Sung just a few moments ago. As a minister, that just makes your heart go bubble, bubble, bubble. I would like to speak to you tonight, and this has been on my heart for a few months, and I just feel very, very led to share it with you. The hurt will never stop the music. The hurt will never stop the music. Amen. Psalms chapter 23 and verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside of the still waters. He restoreth my soul, and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of Of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You may be seated. David was quite a songwriter. He was quite a king. He was quite a man. He would understand some of the greatest victories that would ever be won ever in the history of humanity. He would also know the valleys of defeat, discouragement, rejection, the horrors of being rejected. But he would also, in all of that development, know his God. Though his humanity would go through all kinds of emotions and strengths, There was a relationship of election and anointing and placing that had put him in a certain position in life. He didn't put himself there. He didn't elect himself. He didn't place himself or even ordain himself. Definitely he could not anoint himself to do all of these jobs. No doubt many times in his life he could not understand The seasons that he was in. Sometimes you can't see tomorrow. 
There are times that you don't understand yesterday. The moment that you're in, sometimes you're overwhelmed and even disillusioned. But if you can, you can understand if your trust is in God. And if your total confidence is in God. Though God slay me, yet I will trust him. Every person in this building is like the great lyrics of a song. They're like the great notes of a song that is written. Our lives tell a story. The inspiration of a writer is he begins, a, a songwriter is much like a minister. He gets anointed. Inspiration comes and he begins to pen letters because all inspiration, inspiration comes from God. It is the enemy that perverts it and does different things with it. Gifts come from God and it's men or, or the enemy that begins to pervert things. And they begin to write it out and David would be a great songwriter and we will, we will go through some things. But you see, to be able to write Psalms chapter 23, there was an incredible journey that he could write that he would have to go through to be able to write such lyrics that was there. The message that you and I believe with all of our hearts as we hear our prophet of God come down to the end and, and he's standing there singing on the wings of a snow white dove. And then he would write a, 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 a verse to it. Though I have suffered in many a ways, I cried for healing both night and day. Faith wasn't forgotten by the Father above. This was more than poetic justice and it was more than just making up a song. This was a lifetime of development that had brought this lyrics to life. And it was standing under the inspiration of a delivered message. I have been scorned, I have been hated, I have been persecuted, I have been rejected. Men have turned against me, organizations have pour, poured out their poison darts against me. But faith wasn't forgotten. All of your hurts didn't stop the message. Psalms 118 and verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Psalms chapter 8, 118, verse 14. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. Open to me gates of righteousness and I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. 
This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee. For thou hast heard me and become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused has become the head stone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Isaiah 59 and verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord. From the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood. Notice the scripture now. The spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now you understand as I've said and watched these sermons as they begin to come one after another. You see God is orchestrating these meetings. And we must understand no human being can put a meeting like this together. Neither could you put your life together the way that you have. You see God has orchestrated you. For the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And even when you wasn't even in control of your life, he was watching over you. We sing about God has brought us from sin. And he's lifted us from many different things in our life to walk in the light of the word. But not only remember what he brought you from, but remember what he kept you from. Many of you would feel premature graves tonight. Many of you would be drug addicts and in many different things. Maybe even the worst of some of that would be in a religious system with vows and a dead life. Satan's ambition was to destroy us. If he could only get a glimpse that you were that predestinated seed that would live right here in Laodicea and overcome it. You see, he's fought people like you for thousands of years. Listen, they were more than legends. Hebrews 11, we heard last night, by faith at Rahab, Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, to whom the world was not even worthy. And then the scripture comes down, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. It has become our turn. Your music is being played tonight. Satan's arrows and Satan's darts are now against you. And he is trying to thwart every effort that he can to stop you. He could not stop them. The grace of God that was for them in that hour. And listen, God will achieve his purpose. He's not the kind of God that starts out a thing and then quits and has a crisis meeting in the middle of it. He pre-planned this before the foundation of the world. He knew that you were on the way. He provided for you the greatest equipment that he could have you. And that was his word. 
It's more than words in a pages that calls you bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. It's more than just words in a quote that says that you are the invincible army. That you are that super race. Hallelujah. Sometimes we're looking for those to come or looking for this or looking for that when it's right here. Sometimes people preach or one day this is going to happen and one day this, this is going to happen. Isn't it easy to look back and see what God did or maybe to project what God's going to do and miss what God's doing here? Hallelujah. Psalms 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. I met grace. I understand grace. I may not ever in my life fathom the whole volume of what grace is, but I met grace. Whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no guile. Maybe the question would come to you. Why do you get so excited? Those scriptures are enough. Those scriptures are enough tonight to remind us of what God has already done for us. The penalty has been paid. The debt is clear. No man could die for his own sins, no matter how great that he was and how gifted that he was. No prophet, including Brother Branham, could pay for his own sin. Even looking at his own personal family tree, he said, we can't be proud of that. Are you with me? Psalms 42 and verse 1. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. David is writing from a spot. My soul thirsteth for God. If we could just tap into it tonight, I'm sure that there's some individuals sitting in this building that has a real thirst for God. A real thirst for God. For a living God. Notice that scripture that says uh, for a living God. I'm not interested in a, in a God that you can explain or explain away or reason or reason away or, or, or try to put in the past somewhere or another. I want a living God. Are you with me? I want a God that can heal today. I understand being brain dead. 36 hours. I understand laying in a coma. I understand being told that you'll never walk again. I understand some valleys in life. If Satan would have had his way, I would not be the speaker here tonight. But God that is rich in mercy.
My soul thirsts for God, for a living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse 7, deep calleth to the deep. I'm sure you've heard that phrase before. At the noise of thy water spouts. And all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto God of my life. And I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forsaken me? Forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? There was a great king one time that was getting ready to have a great parade. And he made an announcement that he was going to have someone to ride with him in his chariot. And so all the officers began to polish all of their armor, get everything just right. Brother Brown would say, plume the plumes and make sure everything is just right. And so he begins to go through and check them all out. And he comes and there's a man that is standing and he doesn't have everything polished. He's got some real scars. Real scars, not fake scars. He's got some scars that are his scars. Scars that every one of them have a testimony. And the king said, where, where did you get those scars? He said, I got them in the battle for you, my Lord. He said, today, you'll ride with me. I'm sure that we will never quite get polished up enough for the world. We'll never be socially accepted. We'll never be politically correct. We'll never fit into this Laodicean age. But this message has called us not to fit in or to be socially correct or to be in some political aura. But this message has called us to overcome. It means to wrestle with and prevail. And you see, God not only saw us survive Laodicea, but in Revelation chapter three, to overcome Laodicea. Our prophet says this, it's within those crucial hours that press on those sacred sands. In the Bible, and remember, no matter how great the distress is, remember no, no matter how great the distress is, No matter how great the distress is. If you come in tonight and you're going through the valley like no other valley in your life, this sermon is for you. Satan cannot take your life until God has finished with you. That ought to make you smile right there. Boo devil. Satan cannot take your life, Sister Elena, until God is finished with you. Sister Karen, Satan cannot take your life until God is finished with you. Sister Connie at home, are you with me? Satan cannot take your your heart 
your lungs until God is finished with you. And we have a testimony tonight that she's totally healed. There is nothing that can happen to you unless God permits it. There is nothing that can happen to you unless God permits it. No, I'm not losing my place. I'm wanting to tell you all of this. There is no evil can come unless God permits it. There is no evil that can come unless God permits it. And it's good for you. It's for your good. He's working that. Boo devil. I would say tonight is a very bad night for Satan's kingdom. Because, are you with me now, all of the arrows and all of the darts and all of the words. And and here stands a bride that says, uh, all of your hurt will never stop my music. There was a lady that was blind could not see the light of day. A gift was dropped into her heart. Gifts coming from God. And our work actually describes our character that is on the inside of us. To really know a man, you, you look at the work that he does. Maybe look at his friends to see who his friends are. But this lady could only express her work through her gift. Blind, with a gift to be able to write songs. And she would be one of the, in all of history, would be one of the greatest songwriters that would ever live. But let me just say this to you, she never enjoyed profits from it. You see, you see, she wouldn't sell her gift to the world. Her gift was to God and she had came by revelation to God and she had a revelation that God placed her. She would even say that God permitted that blindness and it was better that she would never see the light of day but would one day see Jesus. It would be in a prison meeting as a minister would come by and take her to the meeting and they were looking for a song to bring an altar calls. It literally makes me sick when people don't want to have an altar call anymore. Where are we at that that we can have a church and we have forgot? We have forgot our greatest cause. Our greatest cause is to be the transformation of a soul. Sure, we appreciate miracles where the dead is raised. People come out of wheelchairs. Eyes begin to see. Ears begin to hear. Limbs begin to be restored. But the greatest miracle is a transformation of a soul. A man can walk in this building tonight that's lost without God. Seemingly an alien from the commonwealth of God. A drug addict. 
maybe headed to prison, maybe in different aspects of life, everybody in the world that has forgive, have gave up on him. But when he hears the ministry of the word under the anointed preaching of a living God, something responds on the inside of his heart and a thirst begins to go forth. And he overcomes. He overcomes himself. Listen, it's a great thing that he even walked through the doors. And it's a great thing that we can create an atmosphere for a pull to people to come. We heard the song, I feel the pull, I feel the pull. I remember as a sinner boy being raised in the message and I come back after, after a few years of being away and a lot of horrible things. But it was an incredible, it was an incredible journey for me to just drive to church. To find myself struggling to walk in the building. To listen to a preacher preach about a God that could wash a filthy soul and could clean it and to worry that God would now not even remind you day after day of your sins and and there would be therefore now no condemnation and not hold it over my head but he would be my savior and he would be my God. I remember walking to the altar and giving my heart to the Lord Jesus. The words that I said to him, Lord, I've been raised in a home, in a Christian home, a preacher's home. I know what God is, but God, I need more than my daddy's experience. I need more than my mama's experience. I need you to be a living God to me. It was at this kind of meeting that a prisoner at the back of the room begins to scream out, Pass me not, oh gentle Savior. Fanny Crosby sitting there in her blindness. Inspiration struck her heart. How many tens of thousands and even millions have walked to the altar where the cross of Jesus Christ has been preached? And God is a living God. And under the inspiration of that song, hurt. She knew what poverty was. You know, they wanted to polish her up too. They wanted to make her, you know, a celebrity in their churches. There was another side. There was another lure. They offered her incredible money to sell out to the world and write worldly songs. One day they would be making fun of her. And they begin to scream. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we say words don't hurt. Well, that just cause those deep words hadn't really come to you yet. But one day they'll come and they'll go right pierce even to your heart. How will you know him? You've been blind all your life. She's going up the steps into her home and she said, I shall know him. I shall know him. Minister sitting all over this building tonight. You understand the struggle of what it is to fight very privately. You understand the struggle that David is talking about being intimidated 
Some of those intimidations David writes about. Intimidation that his daddy forgot him. Even when all the sons were called that a king would be chosen from their family and be anointed. His daddy even forgot that David was even around. And even the prophet of God would have to stop and ask him, do you have another son? Do you have another son? Now listen, those men looked the part. No doubt those men felt the part. But those men were not the men that God chose. Maybe they were taller, maybe they were more handsome, maybe they were more talented. Maybe they had a better position in the family. Maybe being the first firstborn might give you a right to the legacy. But that don't work with God. It would be difficult. It would, it would go through his entire life that even in his own family, no matter how great David was, in his own birth home, They gave him a job taking care of sheep. It's away from the family. They gave him a job to which he will not be a part of their lives. And then when it came the greatest day in their home, his own father forgets him. This wouldn't be the only day that he would be intimidated and words would come like that. You see, when he shows up at, at the battle of Goliath, his older brother disdains him and makes fun of him. Why are you even here? You'll hear some of your older brothers. Maybe question your position in life. Who are you? What school did you come out of? Don't you know your own background? Go back to taking care of those sheep. We're at war here. And he was the man to win the war. But you got to fight through the intimidation. Come on. The hurt will never stop the music. David fought through the hurt. Because there was something on the inside of his heart. Who is that uncircumcised Philistine? You will face many giants in your life. You will fight through a whole lot of giants in your life. You may be disdained. You may be made fun of. You may be hurt before you take the head off. There may be a lot of struggles that you've got to go through. But just stay on mission. You've been sent. You've been commissioned. God put a drive on the inside of you. Stay on course. You want a message term for it? Stay in line. Might I mention to you a man named John Wesley. John Wesley was a tall five foot one. And I say it with a smile, Brother Tim. He 
was a tall five foot one. He was redheaded. His mother would be termed the, the mother of, of the Methodist movement. But she had fought through a lot of wars in her life. Raised children in absolute poverty. Made fun of in all kind of directions. Houses burned down. Incredible family structures. An absentee father. A man that caused incredible strains. It would be his brother that would be one of the incredible songwriters of history. John Wesley would rise from those ashes. He would rise from those struggles. And though there would be incredible strains of hurt that came his way, he would rise and be driven to be a messenger of the day. You see, he did not know he was a messenger. He couldn't read his name in the book. Like you're allowed in this open book to be able to read your name there. He would preach sermons to which that would get him thrown out of incredible churches. But he would take to street corners. He would take to open fields. He would preach in such power and demonstration. And the spirit of God would fall. One recording that people stood through a a hailstorm and listened to him preach for about three hours. There was a time to where that thousands fell out under the spirit of God. And not understanding the spirit and the anointing of God, he thought they were just going to sleep. And he would go shake them and tell them to get up. But it was so much of the anointing of God. Until in that kind of an atmosphere, they were drunk. He would preach 88,000 sermons. His wife would be an absolute lunatic. She'd go through some phases in her life to where she'd be institutionalized. She'd go through phases in her life to where she would tear every one of his notes up and throw them away. And no doubt it was difficult for John Wesley to preach Not in a huge cathedral, but on the street corner. Or in an open field. But then to go home and fight devils. Maybe it would be like some of you here tonight. You're the only one in your family. You're the only one in your community. But you're never alone. You see, the music would not be thwarted by all the hurt that would come in his life as well. But he would proclaim 88,000 sermons. How do we know that figure? He wrote them down and recorded them. He would write every sermon and record it. I could probably say now, the hurt didn't stop the music. Brother Doug, last night you mentioned Rahab in, in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. 
when she had received the spies with peace. Then it tells us of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah. These men didn't have halos over their head, wings on their back. They were people like you and I. And the scripture says, who through faith subdued kingdoms. That was their turn of whom the world was not worthy. They were stoned and they were sown asunder. They were tempted and were slain with the, with the sword and wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute and afflicted and tormented of whom the world was not worthy. And these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Brother Doug, the baton has handed from their hand. God help us not to fumble. Help us not to be dilatory. Help us not to, not to be carefree. But may we walk in every service whether it's Wednesday night or Sunday morning or Sunday night, whatever your meetings are. Help us to walk in, no matter if you're the janitor or the pastor, to walk in with passion like never before. Revelation chapter three and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh. This is you. If you can look over at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. He's talking about me. Brother Ron, but how can I overcome? Brother Ron, give us just a little glimpse. He said he took him up on the mountain, Jesus up on the mountains, and set him down, and he rebuked him again with the word. Defeated Satan with the word of God, showing that the weakest of Christians can defeat Satan. With thus saith the Lord, it is written, it is written, Now that is not my favorite pastor said this or this one did this. You take the word of God and speak to your mountain. Speak to your hurt in your life. If I could just encourage you with this tonight, refuse to retreat. I would like to say there is nothing for you to go back to. We burned every bridge. Kingdoms have been torn down. The grass is not greener on the other side. This is my day. The song says, onward Christian soldiers. First John chapter four says this, verse four. You of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In first, in second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse nine, and he saith unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29, he giveth power to the faint 
and to them that have no might, he increases the strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 54 says this in verse 16. Behold, I have created. Hallelujah. Isaiah must have shouted at this point. You know, there's some songs as they come to you, there's certain sermons that come to you, and as they're coming through, you just stop and give a good old-fashioned shout. God reminds the devil, behold, I created you. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waste to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. This is a scripture that don't only have, it is not time sensitive. It was not good just to Isaiah. It's good for you tonight. No weapon. No matter how big the dart, no matter how big the cannon, no matter how bad the intimidation, no matter how bad the disease is, no matter how bad the spirit is, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Can I preach it to you? And every tongue that shall rise against thee in the judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness of me, saith the Lord. Paul would write from some of his difficulties and he would write a song. Can I just share it with you? In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 22, are the Hebrews, so am I. Are the Israelites, so am I. Are they the seed of Abraham, so am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant. In stripes, more above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In debts, awful. I'd say this to you if Paul was your pastor. It might have been a difficult thing. Where's your pastor at? Prison. What'd they do to him yesterday? Oh, they gave him stripes, 39. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. In perils of heathen, in perils of the city, in perils of wilderness, in perils of the sea. In perils among my false brethren. That's probably the most dangerous one he had. In weariness and painfulness and watching often in hunger and thirst and fasting often in cold and in nakedness. Besides those things which are without which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, who is weak? It's not no time to have no pity party here. Who is weak? Am I? And I am not weak. Who is offended? I bear not. If I made much needs to glory, I will glory with the things which concern in my infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. Yes, 
Listen, if you lived it, you're not ashamed to tell it. So many of people are ashamed to tell testimonies. It's because it ain't true. And I have great difficulties telling other people's testimonies, but tell your testimony. It's a sword against the enemy that God is a living God. I'll cover some of that territory tomorrow night. Forgive me, but we must go on. Now, all of that, you don't write at the bottom, I retire. (laughs) I quit. Okay, if all of this is going to happen to me, I'm done. I'm done. I think I've I've had enough. No. The music continues. I'm doing everything. I've stood still tonight. I've behaved myself so far. But I want to give a word of warning right here. This is kind of like, this next 30 seconds is kind of like the bottom of your medicine. I want to give a little warning. I have behaved to this point. But from this point, Let's just read one of his songs. It was so good, we heard it one other time, but it's kind of like Psalms 23. God wanted it sung to us and read to us tonight. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. In perils often, and in shepherd, and, and being beaten, and being stoned. All things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are thee called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. I don't know how anybody in the world could not believe predestination, Brother Donnie. I don't know how you can look at this message for years and not understand predestination. To be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. For moreover whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Brother Joseph, he saw you before the foundation of the world. He called your name before the foundation of the world. He elected you before the foundation of the world. And you're as eternal as God is eternal. Buddha! So God not only saw me being God and an infinite God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, an infinite God that never changes his mind about anything. If he saw me there, he saw me over here. He can get me through every bit of hurt in my life, every discouragement in my life, every sorrow, every sickness, he'll get me through all of that. Now it's our turn to respond. What shall we then say to these things? Some songs are congregational songs. Some songs are 
are just private songs. But this song is a congregational song. If God be for us. for us, not some man, not some dictator, not some bishop somewhere or another, but if God be for me, who can be against me? Brother Branham was not the first one to preach the trial. He would call the accuser, he'd call this one, he'd call that one. And he had a trial before all of this religious world. Paul would also have a trial. Who shall lay any charge? (laughs) To God's elect. The scripture tells us to touch not mine anointed. I'm not preaching fear here. But if I've got God on my side, I'd be real careful. Who shall lay any charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. It is my understanding that Brother Mike Ware was in the, the system, a prison system, to which that he watched over parolees and tried to keep them in line or make them at least try to stay around or try to keep their nose clean. God is not a parole officer. He wipes your slate clean. And you're not even that guy no more. You see, justification is as though you never did it in the first place. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long and we're counted as sheep for slaughter. Nay, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or principalities, nor powers, nor things precious, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor creature, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is written by a man that was shipwrecked, that was beaten, that was stoned. Guys like us get labeled. And that's okay. So if that's what you want to do with me tonight, let me, let me just finish the label. Brother Bram said it kind of reminds me of a story, a fellow that had a great big fine farm. 
He built great big fine barns just as dignified and classic as it could be. But he was too lazy to farm. All right. There was another farmer that lived close to him. He didn't have very much of a barn, but he was really a farmer. And he put plenty of good food in that barn that year. Two little calves was born. One in one barn, one in the other. When springtime come, they turned the little calves out of the stall. And the little calf over here that had been fed good. My, when that wind began to hit him, oh my, he kicked up his heels and went away and he was just as hard as he could go and snorting and jumping and bucking and going on. The other farmer turned out his out and over there and he had nothing to eat but weeds and too lazy to farm, too lazy to feed him. It puts me in mind of some of these pastors. Too lazy and too trifle. Just dignified barns is all. Put some food in there for the calf. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, preach with power. It'll scorch them right. He said, but that's what they need is some good old fashioned scorching. What the church needs, what members need. This little old calf, poor little, little fella, come out of the stall so thin he could hardly walk and he peeped down through a crack and looked across and seen this other calf just snorting. And he was all fat and round. That's a good time to be fat and round. I found my quote. <laughs> he felt good. He's been eating all winter. That little old starved calf looked over and said, Such fanaticism. Oh my, he was too skinny to think anything else. But I tell you, when that one old fattened up old winter brother, he knowed where he was at. He was having a good time when that warm wind began to blow on him. And any man that's born of the Spirit of God, they'll call him a fanatic or anything else. But when that warm spring, that Holy Ghost wind began to come like, a, like it did on the day of Pentecost, something began going to take place. The warm winds begin to blow, brother. You're all fattened up with the gospel all around, feeling good. Kick up your heels and have a good time. That's the way Myron did and them did. She looked back and saw all them old things at once done. All of the dead had done, had gone. They'd done seen God accepted the blood down, seen the power of divine healing standing between them and come through the Red Sea and was baptized with the Spirit. Walked on the other side just having a good time. They didn't care all the organization thought about it. Amen, what a beautiful type it is today of a believer who will dare to step out. God promised that he'd supply their every need. It's promised he'd supply every need. He never told them, I will make a way of healing. I will make a way of this. I will make a way of that. He said, I'll be with you. That's what he said to us. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. That's all I have to say. He don't, he don't have to argue this, that, or the other. If he's here, that satisfies me. Hallelujah. You don't have to argue this, that, and the other. If he's here, that 
satisfies me. Divine healing's here. Power is here. We shouldn't be surprised at that. The gospel is preached here. Signs and wonders will follow here. You see, you don't have to project them forward. It just follows them that believe. Everything is here. He said he is now, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you can take your theology and drown it. Hey, I'm just a messenger. Don't throw no darts. You can take your theology and drown it. Brother, I believe Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. I will be with you even in you to the end of the world. I need a scripture, Brother Ron. Good. Glad you ask. And they sung a new song. Thou art worthy to take the book and to loose the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the, out of the, by the blood of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And hast made us unto God, our God, kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Are you with me? Now, David, that we've already talked about some of his discouragement, some of his incredible difficulties, he saw the word being restored. And the ark of the Lord coming home. (laughs) And David got happy. Yes, he had had a lot of hurt in his life. He had had a lot of disdain in his life. There had been a lot of personal wounds, emotional wounds. and He'd even feigned himself. He'd even actually almost went nuts. But now he's in a process of life to where that he sees the Ark of the Covenant coming home. And the scripture says, and David danced before the Lord. With all his might. And David was girt with a linen ephod. And so David and all the house of Israel bought the ark of the Lord with shouting. And with the sound of a trumpet. God must be telling us something this week. Let's just stop just for a moment. God must be telling us something. He started this whole thought line out with Brother Wayne who lives in Ohio. And he continued it last night with a man that lives in Arizona. And I live in Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley. We don't write one another and ask what we're going to be speaking. But even months ago, God will deal with us what to preach tonight. Because the sheep music must be right laid in order. (laughs) And the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. I'm reading this. I could quote it all. 
Because I want you to get it. Michelle, his daughter, Saul's daughter, looked through the window. And saw the king, David, leaping and dancing before the Lord. She despised him in her heart. And they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place and in the midst of the tabernacle with David that pitched before it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And David returned to, the, to bless his household. And Michelle, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of handmaids of servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. And David said unto Michelle, it was before the Lord which chose me before my father and before all of his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will be yet more vile than thus and will be base in mine own sight and of the maidservants thou hast spoken of, of them shall I have had in honor. I want you to just understand that this is a childhood trophy that has been given to David as a young warrior. She was the king's daughter. She felt entitled. She had history of being feeling entitled. Let me tell you about your entitlement. It won't buy you a coffee at McDonald's. And though she lived in the king's house, she didn't know the God. Can I preach to you now? Though she lived in the king's house, she didn't know God. Many people sit on these same pews but really don't know God. They get an incredible amount of benefits, but they don't know God. There's blessings that flow, and they enjoy the online, they enjoy the, the sermons, but they really don't know God. A lot of people know Brother Branham, and they know their favorite preacher, but they don't know God. It's important tonight that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. David was rejoicing in an ever-present word. David was rejoicing that God was doing what he was, what the action of the day. That's why men make fun of them. Is they're missing what God's doing right now. They're looking for God to come and do something there or missing what God's done in his past and missing what he's doing right now. This wasn't a 10 yard hop. One historian writes that it was 17 miles that David danced. I would say he got in the flesh a bit. I'd say it got noisy where he was at. 
<laughs> Can you help me? I'd say David wasn't the only one shouting. He was the king, but I'm sure he had some influence on some other people. I'd say there were some other people that caught the inspiration. They got under the, under the same awe and they got excited. Now this won't be just for this David, but the son of David, Jesus himself, would get, would get happy one time. When the disciples come back rejoicing that even demons are subject unto us. In those things, Jesus told them, don't rejoice. But rejoice that your names are written. And the scripture even bears out the scribe writes that Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. I would say he did more than raise his hands. What shall I do with this Jesus called Christ? We realize that this is going to be more than just a message. But it's going to be an action. Brother Ram said the dynamics of this church will be the refilling of the Holy Spirit. That we have worked in small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite with the body. But when that head and body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost would raise her up just exactly like even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years ago will rise in the beauty of his wholeness and will take a flight to the skies. The dynamics of the Holy Spirit. So many times we look at it that way, but let me, let me just share another side. Brother Branham is preaching in 1962, return in Jubilee. He said, Brother Lyle and I, as we sat out there in Sister Moore's father, how he told me that back in the early days, those days when they were persecuted and turned out from everywhere, that he was in a meeting once to where that had forbid them to worship the Lord in the spirit. You mind if I read that again? I read some scripture again, but had forbid them to worship the Lord in the spirit. And a group of people come up and shot through the windows with pistols and rifles. And an old sister standing in the floor with her hands up in the air praising God. While the windows were being riddled with bullets from rifles and bullets struck the woman's dress and fell to the floor without harming her. Listen to Brother Bram's response to that. We need to go back to a power of God. Amen. And something that can do the same thing today. Although in our numbers, persecution always gives strength to the church. We've had it too easy. We get slothful. We get to the place where we don't want to move on. Because everything's just handed to us. It takes sorrow and tears and sweat and prayer and faith. 
and promise to move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. That zeal and power that they had in those days and along vanished from the, our assemblies. I'm afraid that if the windows would be shot out tonight, that people would run every way and never come back again. I'm not talking to, about going back to Pentecost of the early 1900s. Go back to the original. Sure, in our area, in the Shenandoah Valley, in our local, in one of the local assemblies, this same thing happened. It just didn't happen in one place. It happened in many people because people were so hated the move of the Spirit and people rejoicing until they would shoot through the windows. And it actually got to a point till people would go to service and watch the bullets fall off of the sisters' dresses. Whoa, glory, hallelujah. God, if he can make bullets fall off of dresses, he can give you power to overcome every devil, every arrow, every sword that comes against you. Is this all right? Now, we know not to just go to one quote, so let's go to several. Is this all right? I deceived church by the world. Brother Brown said, what has the devil done? It's wooed into the church, and it's kept wooing in the church. Come to me, and I'll give you a great big tabernacle over here if you'll just do this. If you'll get rid of that fanatical preacher that you've got and get a man, a doctor of divinity that's got some sense. We'll build a nice, big, classical church and we'll take the rest of them. Shame on you. I'd rather have a man that didn't know split coffee from beans, but was filled with the Holy Ghost that was uncompromised by the power of God. But it's got so starchy till some poor old saint can break through in a meeting. Speak in tongues or shout a little bit or do something. And the rest of them will gander around and look, what was that? Well, I wonder why. That must be a fanatic that dropped in somewhere. You know that's the truth. Some poor little old saint step in and get happy enough to raise their hands and cry and praise the Lord. And somebody will holler amen to the preaching of the gospel. And the rest of them just turn around to see what was, what was said. That's Pentecostals. What's the matter? You're patterning yourself after Methodists and, and Baptists and patterning themselves after Catholic. Catholic pattern themselves after hell. Many years ago, I walked to a pulpit. And I stood and preached a convention. One estimate there were 1,700 people in the building. You see, you just tell, you just preach what God puts on your heart. And I walked to the assembly and I stood before that congregation and I preached to them 
on the building of a modern church. The theme of that sermon was cutting off the supernatural movement. You cannot adopt Dr. Dobson. Barnes and Nobles does not have the answer for the message. Listen, this message will work if you preach it. You do not have to polish this message up. Brother Ron, I'm scared of a little wildfire. Don't worry about the wildfire. We got enough wet blankets to take care of any wildfire. Let me just give a quote that I gave in that sermon. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. I've never looked, but I'm sure it is, like everything else. The Philistines is upon thee. But the one blessed hope that we have, while Samson was in jail, what was the first thing that they'd done? They caught him. They bound him first. They took away his power. They found his secret. They found your secret. The world has found your secret. You women bob your hair. It goes like the world. You men all act like the world and tell jokes and dirty jokes and go out and smoke a few cigarettes and run with the neighbor's wives and everything else like that. A little social drink. Hold your job. I would rather lay on my belly and eat soda crackers and drink branch water and stay clean and pure before God. Than to compromise for any kind of a job. Stay true to God. Brother Tim, this is the same prophet that's going to stand and sing on the wings of a snow white dove. Samson, the Philistines is upon thee. Random tabernacle. Worldlyism is creeping in among you. What about it? Have you exposed your secret? Have you exposed that secret that God gave you while you were wallowing in the sawdust a few years ago? Have you let it creep out by social form of worship? What's happened to you? God can come down and perform a miracle and go right down through the audience and tell people the secrets of their heart and everything and heal the sick and the afflicted, do signs and wonders and preach his word as hard as they can by the Holy Ghost. And people say, well, I guess that's all right. We enjoyed listening to it once in a while if it's, we're not too tired. That's Branham Tabernacle. The Philistines is upon thee. When used to be when the preaching of the word and old saints with tears in their eyes would rise to their feet walking, sobbing, maybe not saying a word, just walking around two or three times, sat down so filled with the Holy Ghost. The word fed them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We never imagined that we'd have to fight the very same devils. I'm not talking about 10,000 miles away or 2,000 miles away or even 1,000 miles away or 50 miles away. I'm talking about what you have to fight. You live in Laodicea and you have to overcome it. 
I don't know about you, but you can read your whole newspaper, uh, uh, the whole internet, and then sit down and start reading your Bible and you fall asleep. Years ago, we could, we could spend incredible money going to a ball game, pay $12 for a hot dog. Pay $50 to park, $300 to get a good seat. We had to go four or five hours early to get into get through the traffic and go into the ball game and walk a half a a half a dozen miles and get up there. Finally find our seat. And somebody takes their shirt off and starts screaming and twirling it around and beers going everywhere. And you pay three hundred dollars for that seat. I would imagine this. I would imagine this. We let the devil pull things over on us. We really do. I'm having a good time here. I find it incredible that we could do all of that. And the devil will tell you, don't pay your tithes. But he'll charge a man $7 for a pack of cigarettes. That ain't going to last him all day long. $15 for six pack of beer. Satan's tithes is way more than God's. And he will pay you in return mental retardation. Destroy your family. Destroy your home. And while you were there, you worshiped, you jumped, you screamed. Come on, help me now. You was all kind of emotional. But God reaches down and saves your life. reaches down and grabs a hold to your life and he lifts you up out of the deep miry clay and he gives you everything that you have need of and he begins to wash you and he begins to clean you and he begins to fill you with the Holy Ghost gives you power to overcome gives you victory in your day to day walk he's everything he's everything he's everything Brother Ritzler, here will come the devil and try to rob you like he did Shamgar. But I got news for you. Your hurt will never stop the music. Today I'm going to grab an ox goad and I'm going to kill 600 Philistines. I'm going to fight. I'm going to beat. I'm going to struggle. One, two, three. Hallelujah. 
Now a true picture of the modern church. Neither does the modern church want any of these here. Screaming, shouting, tongue speaking, Acts 2.38, young ones around her. She don't want them whooping and crying and screaming. Amen, hallelujah. Why, Sister Powchild would be immediately thrown, put out of her denomination. They had one like that. In the church, they throw it out real quick. Why are you letting such stuff as this go on? If I had a deacon board like that, I'd dismiss every one of them. You want a formal gospel, you got the wrong pastor. You want to tell me what to preach, you got the wrong man for the job. Can you see Tim Pruitt? Can you see Donnie Raven? Can you see that wild Doug Baker? You give me 30 minutes. That ruled you out right off the bat. It's going to rule me out before I get done. Don't get, don't get excited. Don't sweat. Don't scream. Don't dare sing a fast song. When they're redeemed, they're gathering in. A man stood outside of my church. He was not from my church. Stood outside of our church. It was a funeral for a stepfather. And he stood there and he pulled $300 out of his pocket. He said, here, preacher, I guess this is what I owe you. He said, but I don't want you to make me cry. I don't want you to put me under conviction. I want you to make me happy and send me home in 15 minutes. I told him, keep your money. Well, Brother Ron, we'll call you on the carpet. There ain't been no kind of carpet built like that by DuPont or any other company that I would trade what I have down inside of my heart. Pentecost will only by experience, only by label, but thank God that we can serve a living God. Brother Bram said, but that's the only kind that the word can produce. Now I realize that, that I'm coming to an end. So I want to go back to David and share a few words. If he could just give us some closing thoughts. Because always closing thoughts of a man's life is, is the thoughts that mean more than life, kingdoms, money. Anything that there is. These were songs that would be sung not just for a decade or not just for a few years of emotions that influence of David's kindred, but they would still be sung even today. Do you mind if I take just a couple more moments to share them with you? Well, let's just pick song 100. Make a joyful noise. You want a quote to go with it? Wherever Jesus was, there's always a lot of noise. 
We have produced too many stillborn children that don't scream. We got too many rotten eggs all over the place. Grandchildren that sit on the on their on their seats and, and say, I believe the message and really don't know the message. We got too many preachers that don't have a Holy Ghost experience. And you can't preach something you ain't got. Brother Johnny, maybe you can clean this up for me tomorrow. I've watched you preach too, so let's just. I didn't quite get through the first lyric. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know you that the Lord, he is God. And it is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and we're sheep of his pasture. Enter into the gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth through all generations. Let's just pick song number 149 this morning to sing. Praise you the Lord. Are you getting the theme here? Sing unto the Lord a new song. I can preach about 20 minutes on that new song business. And his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that had made him. According to his excellent greatness, praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him with a sorcery and a harp. Praise him with a temple and a dance. Brother Ron, why are you taking your time? The devils are passing out as we go. Praise him with a camel and a dance. <laughs> Praise him with string instruments and organs. How many instruments do you have, Brother Doug? Praise him with loud cymbals. The reason people want things quiet is because they got morgues. They got morgues and you play. You play morgue music in morgues. Let's not discredit them. You play morgue music in morgues. So why do you have ice cubes sitting all over the church? You got ice machines for pastors. Quote, Brother Adam said, below zero, below 40 to below zero. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. <laughs> the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. <laughs> My father-in-law was, was, was a Pentecostal boy. And so many people put a lot of scarecrows up about it. Brother Homer thought that at first look, when he, he thought people in the message was dead and wouldn't rejoice and wouldn't praise the Lord. And he being a son of a bootlegger, and he could echo from the balcony right now. He didn't want a dead God. That's right. That's right. He was a God that was quite a fighter in his time. And he loved to sing and he loved to shout. He loved to preach this message with all his heart. And he told me over and over, I'm sure he told Brother Donnie and Brother Tim, you were, you were with him many times and I'm sure he told you because he told everybody. He said people that brought to him the message, they were just dead with it. He said, but when I got to listen to the tapes, Brother Branham wasn't dead. As a matter of fact, I find Brother Branham in a meeting. And, and, and in that meeting, there were some people came over singing and, and they were singing a song and, and they got happy. And they were scrubbing on a washboard and, and they got to shouting and she had some thimbles on, on her hand and she was singing and she started throwing her hair. And Brother Branham said, I got in the seat of this corner. And God spoke to him and said, if you had the victory that she had. Now let's just give it credit. Maybe they have a legitimate right, Brother Joseph. Hey, listen, it was a... At Brother Billy Andrews, I preached one night on the autopsy of a dead church. <laughs> and that was about 25 years ago. So today's not my first day preaching like this. We've been preaching an I am living gospel for many, many years. So this ain't nothing new. We've been in this war a long, long time. Brother Branham said he started repenting. He started patting his foot. You know, you got to start somewhere. Maybe you ought to just start patting your foot a little bit. You know, to dance, you got to have some dancing music. You know, to enjoy, enjoy a good sermon, you've got to have an enjoyable sermon to get excited to. And when he come to himself, he was right out there doing the same thing that she was doing. Oh, that was early in his ministry. Really? Well, there's another spot to where he gets so happy he gets up on the pulpit. Yeah. 
He rolls his pants legs up. That's what he said. Let's just take him at his words. You want to say what he said? Let's just say what he said. Brother Tim rolls all steps up on this thing right here. First of all, that's going to be a miracle from God. He jumps and starts running and dancing and pulling his pants legs up. You better say, that's God, because he ain't going to do that normally. Oh, Brother Ron, but that was in front of a bunch of people. Well, let's get him out in the wilderness a little bit. Let's just get the same prophet out in the wilderness in the presence of God. And he gets excited and starts running around a tree. Donnie, one time I was with you and you, you stopped doing this. The devil's done passed out. <laughs> All right. One more song. You asked for it. Psalms 150. Let's just, let's just go up. To, let's go to his last words. Last words always have great meaning. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. My brother Ron, this was in the Old Testament, and it was written by a murderer, an adulterer. I'm sorry, I just want to kill a couple more devils here while I'm at it. So many people get so concerned about what things were written by. Go back and look what was written by this. But when God gets a hold of a man's life, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his, according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise him with the sorcery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and a dance. Praise him with the sorcery and harp. Praise him upon loud sounding cymbals. Praise him upon high-sounding cymbals. Could we just close tonight's service with these words? Let everything that hath breath. Let everything that hath breath. 
Lord. The hurt will never stop the music. Almighty God, we bow our heads before you now. Hallelujah. Oh God. What a presence in this building, Father. God inhabits the praises of his people. The bride of Jesus Christ is a living living bride our hands were built to praise you our voices were built to praise you our lips were built to worship you our eyes were were built to look upon you our ears was to hear your voice across our lips we begin to quote your word whether in sermon or in song. And those songs become a testimony and testimony becomes our life. We scream to you, we rejoice to you. No, this isn't emotion. This isn't trying to work somebody up. But the devil will rob us if we're not careful. He'll cause by intimidating spirits or wounds or scars of life to try to come in and harm our relationship with you. Our very intimacy of the moment. Even the leaves were built to worship. They wave in the wind and they begin to blow. It was in the restoration of the bride tree that our prophet talks about the bugs that had eat off the joy. And even David would scream, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Renew in me a right spirit, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Wash me. O God, may across this audience now, may the Holy Spirit fall on this audience. May every spirit of depression, may every spirit of sorrow, may every spirit of, of, of that's trying to defeat your children be thwarted in the name of Jesus Christ. Every anxiety that there is, dear God, that comes against the children of God. The scripture said, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Lord, we quote your word one more time. This is the this is the day, the Lord's day. Will we rejoice and be glad in it? This is our day. So we speak to you right now, Lord Jesus. And Lord, if there would be one here now that don't know you, and their lives has been a worship to another being. And they've had other gods in their life. Gods that have let them down. Sports gods. 
gods of cars and jobs and women and men and drugs and habits of the world. If they could just turn aside from that now and to look to look toward a living God. A God that cares and answers prayer. A God that can lift them from the scars of sin and wash them and make them clean. Oh dear God. Now Lord, as we've come to the end of this service, and this is just one night of many now, but maybe tonight there's, there's one standing here that their joy has just been robbed away from them. And it feels like they're just going through the, the movements and going through the motions of it. Lord, tonight, you can be a living God to them. Oh, Lord Jesus, could we just invite you to where we're standing now? Be just honest, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Oh, God. Oh, God. Lord, all of us will go through some scars and some wars and some very intimidated moments. And it'll feel like you're 10 million miles away. But when we look back, you carried us through it all. Lord Jesus, Lord, would you just come where we're standing just right now? Come where we're at now. Amen. Could you say, Brother Ron, would you remember me tonight? Would you remember me? Hallelujah. Satan's tried to rob or rob a lot of things out of my life. Would you just like to say, take it back? I want to take back what the enemy stole from me tonight. I want to take it back. Maybe you'd like to step out of your, your seat where you're at and just, just proclaim tonight to the devil, your hurt will not stop my music. Satan, everything you've thrown at me, it will not stop. And I'm never going back. I'll never quit. I bring to this altar all my anxieties and frustrations. And God, I ask you tonight that you'll come and renew me. You'd renew me tonight. You'd renew me. Brother Brown said one feeling, but many refeelings. You can have a fresh and true experience in this meeting tonight. More than emotion, but God coming on the scene for you to be your living God. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Your steps is a personal testimony. Satan, all your hurts, all your anxiety, all your words, all those things, they're defeated tonight in this meeting. I proclaim victory in this meeting. I stand like a young warrior and I pick up five smooth stones and the last head's coming off today. I will not die, I will not be defeated. But I'm going home with the victory. I'm going home with the victory. Almighty God, you see everyone that stands here now. 
You see every need, every hand raised, every person that's walked to this pulpit. You're a God that knows where they're at. 1983, you knew where I was at and how a condition that I was in. And I met the voice that was behind the voice. I met you, Father. That's been my passion. That's been my life. That's been my victory. I stand again tonight and proclaim it that you're the same God tonight. You're more than able to defeat every enemy. And there's no giving up and there's no turning back. We don't have to reason with the devil. We don't have to go back yonder to somewhere or another. We can lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And run this race with patience. Lord, this is more than a marathon. This is a life. It's a victory. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Father, across our lips we speak victory. We step out from our seats and we stand in our, this audience and raise our hands. And no doubt even in the invisible audience, we raise our hands and proclaim the victory. Satan, you will not keep us in bondage. May we look back and see the taskmasters that has beat us, that has made fun of us, that has put us in a lot of situations. May we grab our tambourine tonight. Stand on this side toward Canaan's land and sing and dance with joy in our hearts. Our enemies have been defeated and they will no longer trouble us anymore. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just invite him to where you're at now. Just talk to him. He's not a million miles away. He's here. I lay this at the altar today, Lord Jesus, and you see my very honest heart. I need victory over this situation and that situation in my life. And I'm going to give myself away. I need more of you. And I want to bring you a fresh drink of water of worship and praise to the king of kings I don't want to bring you stagnated water with wiggle tails of cistern water I want to bring you a fresh drink oh Lord Jesus we thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah won't you just praise the Lord this evening won't you just worship the Lord this evening Hallelujah.
Savior.